I'm in the big leagues, told them don't miss me Ballin' like Houston, ayy, feelin' like Whitney I need a bag, bruh, send it through quickly I'm making his dog, like I'm in the big leagues Told him that I gotta go, dawg I'm riding the road, y'all I think that I'm back in my bag now So I need that go, y'all Got hits when he throw in the fastball Just too quick for it, peeling off like the whip orange. Seen the effort, it's piss poor. I got too much, I gotta tend to. Car payments and the rent due. Told y'all that I'm six foot, but with the money stamming, I'm ten to. Too much. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Another Turnover, the basketball podcast where a basketball fan with no basketball credibility gives his opinions on what's going on in the NBA. Opinions that nobody asked for. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Chris Aaron Murphy, aka Aaron. And ladies and gentlemen, let's just jump right into it. Folks, welcome back to another episode. We are in the 24th episode of season three of Another Turnover. And it has been, it's been a minute. I mean, it's been a minute since we've uh, we've got to talk basketball with each other. I mean, the last episode I did was way back, oh gosh, it was April 28th. It was the last, uh, you know, the last week of April. So lots of, lots has happened in the basketball world. And lots has happened outside the basketball world. So um, we got lost in plenty to talk about. But we are now at the culmination of the 2022-2023 NBA season. And we are here at the NBA Finals. The last final two teams, the last two gladiators are going to be facing off here tonight. Um, you know, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, and I'm here. I'm here for it, I'm ready for it, and I'm excited. It's a finals matchup that not a lot of people predicted. I would say one one team a lot of people predicted to make it to the finals, but the other team, not so much. But we'll get into that. But this season has definitely had its fair share of headlines and major storylines, um, things that have got people talking, things that have got people outraged. I mean, I've always looked at if I could compare professional wrestling to any of the major sports leagues it would be the nba i mean growing up as a kid i was a huge professional wrestling fan definitely way more casual now but who doesn't love a good storyline right and that's what the nba provides and that's why i love the nba but we've had so many things to talk about this year that have been incredible um lebron james breaking the all-time scoring record a record that stood for nearly 40 years um by kareem abdul jabbar um scoring over 38 thousand something or whatever it was um but he broke the scoring record back in february um and then took like a month off after that (laughs) but uh but that was pretty incredible a record that a lot that many people thought would never be broken but that just speaks to lebron lebron's longevity speaks to his dedication and just his overall greatness like if he's if lebron's not in your top five all time when you look at the top five greatest players ever something's wrong with you and i'm i'm just gonna say it just that way um, but we also had Kevin Durant traded in the middle of the season shortly before the trade deadline to the Phoenix Suns. Not a lot of people saw that coming. He had asked, if you remember, asked for a trade going into the 2022-2023 NBA season. Didn't happen. Reports came out. They were just going to work through it, work it out. Um, but yeah, Kyrie Irving got traded to Dallas and he was like, uh, I'm out of here. I ain't staying. So um, that was a pretty major headline that uh, got us all talking. You also had... John Morant's unfortunate off-the-court shenanigans that are still going on. Um, We still have not heard back from the league as to what a suspension will look like. Lots of rumors and reports say that it will definitely be a multi-game suspension. 
possibly even being half of the season. So we might not see John Morant back till 2024, but uh, really unfortunate situations for him. But uh, yeah, all those things have got us talking this year and have made for quite the memorable 2022-2023 NBA season. But like I said, we're now at the culmination. The finals are here. So let's take a look at the two teams that have got here. And that is your eight-seeded Miami Heat from the Eastern Conference, your number one seeded Denver Nuggets from the Western Conference. So um, let's talk about the road for both teams to get here. So let's take a look at the Denver Nuggets. Um, first round matchup for the Denver Nuggets. They took on the Miami, or excuse me, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And not a whole lot of adversity here. I mean, this series ended up being a gentleman's sweep and being four games to one. Denver winning, um, like I said, uh, four games versus Minnesota Timberwolves one. And I think the closest game in this series was game five, which was 112 to 109. But Minnesota just wasn't a match for the Denver Nuggets at all. I mean, they're basically better at nearly every position. Um, whoever was guarding Anthony Edwards, I mean, Anthony Edwards was probably better than most of the matchups that he had. But I, I don't I can't remember. I think his primary defender, it could have been Aaron Gordon. I, I'm not blanking on who his primary defender was. But other than that. Jokic is better than Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Whoever the Minnesota Timberwolves starting point guard is, I name escapes me right now. Jamal Murray is better than them. So just not, a, like I said, not a whole lot of adversity here. Not a whole lot of fanfare. Gentlemen sweep, shout out to the Denver Nuggets for giving Minnesota at least one game. At least something for Minnesota fans to be happy about. Um, but this wasn't much of a series at all. But um, the next series, which I was really looking forward to, was the Phoenix Suns taking on the Denver Nuggets. And that was one that the Denver Nuggets won in six games, beating the Phoenix Suns four games to two. Um, like I said, this really did have potential to be a great series, but Denver kind of caught a huge break when CP3, unfortunately, went down with another injury in the playoffs. Um, I mean, obviously, he's, you know, getting up in age, but that's unfortunately been his thing, you know, you know, plays so well all year long, gets to the playoffs, and body just his body just can't hold up, which is really unfortunate and really sad. Um, but even before Chris Paul's injury in that series, I did pick the, um, the excuse me the Denver Nuggets to win that series. I think I actually picked them in seven. You know, but I just thought you know Denver was deeper. I mean, I I couldn't name anybody coming off the Phoenix Suns bench that you know would spark any sort of fear or, or, you know, generate any kind of offense. Um, but the bench of the Denver Nuggets, the offensive prowess of the uh, the Denver Nuggets, I just thought was going to be too much. And I thought that was going to propel them. I mean, don't get me wrong, Devin Booker, uh, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul can win you a lot of games with just four out of that, you know, starting five. But, you know, in, in the playoffs, you really do, you need a bench. You need a bench that you can depend on. I mean, I know rotations typically tend to get smaller in the playoffs, but still, I mean, you, you need something coming off the bench. I mean, all those years that we had Mono Ginobili coming off the bench as our spark plug in San Antonio, I mean, yeah, I mean, worked all right for us, I would say. <laughs> but uh, the last, last matchup in the Western Conference, the Western Conference Finals, was against the LA Lakers, the Denver Nuggets, beating the LA Lakers 4-0. to zero. Now, before I get into, you know, this series, I I gotta give a shout out, I gotta give major props to the Los Angeles Lakers. What? 
the props to the Lakers? What are you talking about? I know, crazy, right? But for them to start out well below 500 the way they did, you know, traded away Russell Westbrook, who was not the cause of all of their problems, but trading trading away Russell Westbrook, getting younger with Rui Hachimura, with Vanderbilt from Minnesota, getting D'Angelo Russell, um, Austin Reeves being their unsung hero. Obviously, you know, he was already on the team, but Lonnie Walker signed uh, going into the season. You know, he started to come in his own towards the tail end of the season. Give the Lakers some credit. I mean, for them turning their season around the, the way that they did, especially with the injuries to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, managing those because they were both out for a significant number of games this year. I did not think that they would end up with a conference finals trip. I mean, mostly because of the roster they had, you know, with pre-trade deadline. Um, but I think statistically they were they had the either the best record or they had the best offensive rating or something like that going into the playoffs or post-trade deadline. So major, major shout out to the Los Angeles Lakers um, because they turned their season around and they played very well. But nonetheless, the Lakers losing to the Denver Nuggets four games to zero. And this one was just oh so sweet. I mean, seeing the Lakers not only lose, but get swept really was a true highlight. And I know I sound like a major hater right now. And you know why that is? It's because I am. I mean, I have been a Lakers hater for quite some time, even in my youth. I mean, I woke up and chose how to hate the Lakers. <laughs> but I mean, I kind of was feeling like, you know, watching watching these games and the way they ended, you know, I was kind of feeling like my boy Thanos in, you know, Infinity War. And I was like, you know what? This put a smile on my face, <laughs> and uh, it was. It, it, I just thought it was great. I thought it was great. Um, a great way to end the season for the Lakers, and a great way for the Denver Nuggets to enter the finals because they've had all this rest now. But I just want to say big shout out to Nikola Jokic. I mean, so far in this playoff run, 15 games that they've had, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 15 games they played. Um, I mean, 29.9 points per game, basically averaging 30 points per game in the playoffs, which is up from his season average. 13.3 rebounds per game, 10.3 assists, shooting 53% from the field and 47% from three-point range. So just absolutely incredible from Nikola Jokic. I mean, personally, I feel he should have been the MVP again. I know I said that during the regular season. And that's now no shade to Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's been great. He had an MVP caliber season, but I don't think he had a better season than Nikola Jokic. But hey, voter fatigue, all that stuff, you know, biases. Hey, I understand it. And Joel Embiid, like I said, don't get me wrong, he was a solid choice for MVP as well. But amazing, amazing playoff run so far for Nikola Jokic. But don't sleep. Can't sleep on Jamal Murray. He had 27.7 points per game, six assists per game, five and a half rebounds per game, shot 48, or excuse me, shooting 48% from the field, 40% from three-point range, and shooting 92% from the free throw line. So um, incredible shooting numbers from Jamal Murray. Really um, had, really was the catalyst. Nikola Jokic played well against the Lakers, but he really was the catalyst. He kind of single-handedly kept them in a couple of, of those games that they had um, against the Los Angeles Lakers. So um, major, major shout out to the Denver Nuggets getting to their first finals trip in franchise history. Um, they have a tall task ahead of them facing the Miami Heat, a incredibly tough team that just refuses to quit. I mean, they have huge heart 
Eric Spolscher always, 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 no matter who's in the lineup, has them ready to play. I watched Miami Heat games. I'm like, who the heck is that? Why are they balling out? Who the heck is that? Why are they balling out? It's just, I mean, he always has them ready to play. So it should be an interesting matchup. But uh, let's get in further to Miami. Let's take a look at Miami's road to get to the NBA Finals because it's been an incredible one, I would say, as well. But uh, Miami Heat... The first ever play-in team, I didn't even think about this, first ever play-in team to make the finals since the NBA started doing the play-in tournament. I want to say they started that in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's been it's been four seasons they've been doing the play-in. Um, and they almost didn't make it. They almost didn't make it to the playoffs at all. They lost to Atlanta in that seven-seed game. You know, Atlanta um, ended up coming back in that game and, and beating them. And they narrowly beat the Chicago Bulls to secure the eighth seed. Um, so they, you know, they would have lost both of those playing games. They wouldn't have made it this far. But they ended up getting the number one-ranked Milwaukee Bucks in the first round, who I don't know how many people had Miami beating the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. If you did, you probably live in Miami, which is understandable, I can tell. But, I mean... They beat the Milwaukee Bucks four games to one, gentlemen sweep. I mean, and this was this was the shock of the playoffs, in my personal opinion. Of all the things that have happened so far in the playoffs, I think this was the biggest one. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks were heavy, heavy favorites going into this series. And obviously, Giannis did miss about two and a half games. He got hurt, I believe, uh, going in almost at the half in the first game, so he didn't play the second half. Didn't play games two or three, and then ended up coming in game four. By the time game five rolled around, it really was just, it really was just too late. I mean, with that injury, I'm, and I'm not taking anything away from Miami Heat. They still, you know, they played very well, and they really just took the Bucks hard. I was watching them. The Bucks did not look like that team that we saw in 2021. I know Chris Middleton has been, you know, he had been dealing with his injury for, uh, I think, most of the year. I can't remember if it was wrist or knee, something like that. Now, he had been dealing with that injury. He started to look like himself towards the last couple games of that series. But, uh, but yeah, Miami Miami beat the Milwaukee Bucks so bad. Milwaukee Bucks fired their coach. And, I mean, granted, I think I think it was time to move on from Coach Bud anyway. But that's neither here nor there. But, uh, yeah, Milwaukee Bucks losing in the first round. Obviously, that was my preseason pick. So, all my basketball credibility went out the window. But what else is new? <laughs> Well, let's get to the second round. Second round matchup for the Miami Heat was the New York Knicks. And they beat the New York Knicks four games to two. Now, did I pick against the Miami Heat uh, in this series as well? I sure did. I picked the Knicks, I think, to win the series in seven? Either six or seven to beat Miami. Um, just because I thought, you know, I was like, all right, there's no way Miami beats, you know, after the injuries to Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo. I was like, okay, well, there's no way, you know, Miami beats the Knicks, right? Well, I was wrong again. Um, I mean, it's it was essentially Jalen Brunson versus the Miami Heat because you just did not get any sort of consistency from you know the other stars in the New for the New York Knicks. Uh, Julius Randle was all over the place, and not just you know in terms of consistency, but in terms of his shot making ability as well. Um, yeah, who else? R.J. Barrett. He was really spotty at, you know, some points of the game. He would look like a, a solid second or third option. Other times you're like, why the heck is he on the floor? Um, like I said, Jalen Brunson really was the only consistent player for the New York Knicks and major credit to the Miami Heat. Um, but they were pretty, uh, 
they were pretty incredible against the New York Knicks. And the Knicks, you know, they just really didn't have enough offense, um, which is saying something against, you know, Miami because Miami kind of has the same issue. Sometimes generating offense can be a bit of a challenge for them. But they ended up beating the Knicks anyway, four games to two. And the final series, this one, this one hurt, in the Eastern Conference Finals just happened the other day. The Boston Celtics, they beat the Boston Celtics four games to three in a final pivotal game seven in Boston. Now, this was one of the most bizarre, like, series that I've probably ever watched. I mean, though, the first three games, the Miami Heat won. They won the first two games on the road, which rarely happens. And then they won game three on their home floor pretty decisively. And I was like, what the heck? Are the Celtics about to get swept? I mean, the Celtics are my favorite Eastern Conference team and my backup team, you know. But I was like, what is going on here? It, it looked like Boston was the eight seed and Miami was the two seed in those first two games. So they go up 3-0. But then all of a sudden, Boston managed to win three straight. They went back or they won game four, go back home, win game five, narrowly at the last second, win game six in Miami. And I was like, are, is Boston going to do it? Are they going to be the first team to come back from a 3-0 deficit? Because that's what everyone had been talking about. After after Boston had won game five, was it? And it was a 3-2 series. Everyone was like, can Boston actually pull this off? No team, after being down 3-0, has ever come back to win a series in basketball. It's happened in other sports, but it's never happened in basketball. And I was... I, I I believe I, I believe the hype. I really did. I was like, I think Boston's going to do it. They had won that game six in the fashion that they did, shot the Miami Heat in the heart, and what happened in game seven? They fumbled, and it was not pretty. Now, Jason Tatum, unfortunately, first play of the game did hurt his ankle and was clearly not himself for the rest of the game, but no excuses. The Miami Heat were just the better team. Uh, Jalen Brown didn't have a good game in that game seven. Um, like I said, they just, they fumbled. But uh, Miami Heat led by Caleb Martin. Big shout out to Caleb Martin. He had himself a game. I mean, he his his career progression has been incredible after going undrafted, getting weighed by the Hornets, getting picked up by the Miami Heat. You know, I think, and then I think last year he signed a three-year, $20 million deal, something like that. So, I mean, uh, he keeps up this production. He keeps growing and playing the way he is. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid big money. I mean, $20 million is big money for us regular folks, but you know what I mean? Like he's going to get, he's going to get a major contract contract from someone and hopefully it's from the Miami Heat. Um, but yeah, the Miami Heat just destroyed Boston in that game seven and it was wild to me. It was disappointing. It was, it was just eye opening. but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's been the Miami Heat's run to the NBA finals. And like I said, what has brought us to Miami versus Denver. Now, I will admit, I I definitely thought that this was going to be worst case scenario for the NBA in terms of finals ratings. We'll see. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a lower, uh, lower um, rated NBA finals, kind of like some of the finals that the Spurs were involved in. Because, you know, Miami's flashy. They're, you know, they're excited. They're an exciting bunch. I wouldn't say offensively, you know, they're exciting. Um, I personally think Nikola Jokic is really exciting to watch, but not a lot of people feel that way. Um, but 
I would have I thought the best case scenario, like what the NBA probably would have wanted, was a rematch of Boston or of you know Celtics Lakers. Because I mean, those Celtics Lakers rivalries over the years are iconic. You had you know the '80s years where they went back and forth. Um, the you know the Kobe led Lakers, Kobe and Powell versus you know the uh, big three in Boston, KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, that they had a couple finals matchups. Um, so I thought that was going to be the the most ideal scenario for the NBA. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. Um, Lakers didn't win a game, and the Boston Celtics, you know, choked in game seven. So now you have the two teams that the NBA probably didn't want. I, I mean, I thought, I, w- I was thinking that Denver and Boston would have been a pretty solid series. I wasn't really too keen on seeing a rematch between uh, the Lakers and Miami because I would I just kind of thought that was going to be a foregone conclusion that the Lakers would win that series just like they did in 2020. But, um, you know, for this Denver-Miami series, I would expect most of the games to be pretty close. Um, I think, you know, Coach... Coach Bolstra is a really solid in-game adjuster, especially watching them go from zone to man in that Boston Celtics series. I thought that was pretty cool because you don't necessarily see that a lot on the NBA level. It's mostly man. Um, but Mike Malone is a student of Coach Popovich and is a solid coach as well. You know, he's he's no slouch. Um, but, you know, I think, I think Denver's, you know, offensive onslaught of... Jokic, Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. It's going to be really tough. Probably going to be too much for the Miami Heat to handle. Um, you know, I think in order for Miami to potentially win, they would need to keep the game really low scoring and obviously keep the game close down the stretch because Jimmy Butler, number one in clutch points for this playoffs. And, you know, if the game's close and you get the ball to Jimmy, I, he can make things happen. Playoff Jimmy is not the same as regular season Jimmy. Obviously, we've seen we've seen that. But, you know... If I, if, I mean, obviously I'm predicting because the finals starts tonight. Um, I think I'm going to go with Denver in six. Give me Denver in six, uh, you know, close, a close series overall, probably in each game. I don't really see, I don't really see either one of these teams blowing the other one out. Well, maybe I can see one potential blowout of Denver blowing out Miami, but, uh, yeah, I think I think Denver's gonna take it in six. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm putting on the line. Am I betting against Miami again for the fourth time? You betcha I am. <laughs> it hasn't worked out so far, but maybe it'll work out for this one. But um, no, I just think Denver. You know, they win nearly every major matchup in this series. I'm taking Jokic over Bam Adebayo. I'm taking Jamal Murray over Cal Lowry. Um, Aaron Gordon probably is going to be the primary defender for Jimmy Butler. And obviously Jimmy Butler's objectively better than Aaron Gordon, but Aaron Gordon's a pretty solid defender. Um, so I expect, you know, with him being a bigger body um, and being lateral and able, I, I think, I think he give Jimmy Butler some problems. I still think Jimmy's going to get his, but I think he could, you know, give him some problems, but I'm taking Denver in six games to close this NBA finals out. But um, it should be exciting. I am really excited for this final series. Uh, I, so I, I agree with what someone said online. I think it was on Twitter. Someone was like, this is the, the, the finals for, I guess, true NBA fans or true basketball fans. And he said, and I was like, Hmm, I think I would agree with that. I, I, I think, you know, this is going to be, I think it's going to be entertaining. I don't think it's going to be high, highly rated, but I think it'll be entertaining, but Last thing I want to discuss on this episode, I do have to discuss something that big that happened for the San Antonio Spurs. If you're an NBA fan watching the, you know, 
the news and whatnot. Well, a couple weeks ago, we had, the NBA had the draft lottery. And if you're not too familiar with the NBA, the draft lottery is basically, um, you know, a lottery for who will get to make which draft picks for the next draft that comes up in, I think, late June, if I'm not mistaken, or early July, something like that. But uh, the Spurs, they won the lottery. They hit the jackpot. The Spurs will be able to get the first pick in the 2023 NBA draft. And the presumed number one pick is going to be Victor Weminyama. And if you don't follow NBA basketball or follow you know basketball as a whole, this is probably the most hyped up prospect since LeBron James. And that's really not hyperbole. He has been talked about so much over this past year. And, you know, his highlights are all over Bleacher Report. And I mean, he's presumed to be this year's top pick. If, you know, with the Spurs getting the number one pick, more than likely they will take him. Obviously, they got the, you know, he's from France. They got the French connection with Tony Parker playing there for years, Boris Diaw playing there for years. Um, but this kid, seven foot four, can shoot the ball from three point range well, efficiently, um, has KD like handles is a defensive threat um, by the rim. He, he's just a unicorn. I mean, he is a unicorn in every sense of the word. And I'm excited. The Spurs are more than likely going to draft him. So we'll go from the lineage of the Admiral David Robinson, the big fundamental of Tim Duncan, and now into the unicorn era of Victor Weminyama. And I couldn't be more excited. I haven't bought a... I, was, I can't even remember my last Spurs jersey. I had a Duncan jersey that I got too small. But uh, I'm going to need to get me a Victor Wembanyama jersey. Obviously, he needs to get drafted first. But um, I just want y'all to know, everyone who's been clowning us over these past few years in our mediocrity, I want you to tell everybody that we back up. Spurs are coming back, baby. And there's rumors that Damian Lillard might get traded out of Portland. Uh, hey, we're going to have cap space. We're going to have room down in San Antonio. I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it could happen. Let me dream. Let me live. All right. (laughs) But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the show I have for you on this fine episode and actually this fine season. This actually is going to be the season finale of season three of another turnover. Lots of exciting things going on, um, you know, like in the basketball world, like I said, but also in my own personal world. So this will be the conclusion of another successful season of another turnover. And I could not be more grateful, more thankful for everyone who likes, shares, comments, does all those things. I see it all. I appreciate you. I love you. And thank you for all that you do to support another turnover. But like I said, got a lot of exciting personal things going on like i've shared multiple times before next the next season of another turnover i'll be a husband (laughs) y'all i will be a married man and i could not be getting married to a more wonderful amazing caring supportive wonderful woman she is literally the most incredible person that i have ever met so i can't wait to marry her and uh yeah It'll be fun. All the people that I get to celebrate with in person, I am very much looking forward to it. But anyway, 
folks, I hope you have a wonderful summer. I may do an episode for free agency if it gets real crazy or whatnot, but that's a maybe. Don't don't hold me to it. But um, take care. Have a great summer. Do all the things that you want to do safely. But uh, like, share, subscribe, leave comments like you normally do. But take care, and I will see you in the fall. Peace. Yeah, total mama hit it out of stance. I deserve another.